Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Logan campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation, and our world. Hey, yeah, uh, this morning we are, I'm really, really excited. We've got some amazing pastors and staff in our church. Uh, we've, got, we've got some incredibly gifted individuals. Uh, gifted individuals in a whole range of different areas. And this morning we've got Christine Woods. Christine has been uh, on staff at Gateway Baptist for 10.5 years. We're rounding it down to make it just 10 years because it's easy. Uh, 10 years on staff, has been married for 27 years, has three children. Any animals? No, not right now, no. No. There's some lorikeets that visit us occasionally and we feed them on our balcony. How many? Oh, there's various there's, ones at various We'll just times. call it three. Yep. So, okay. And has three animals. So, uh, hey, um, Christine is the discipleship pastor uh, for our church uh, and works tirelessly and produces, if you've been in a life group, uh, which this year we're going to make sure that we get as many people in life groups. Uh, and if you've been in a life group, there's a little, there's a little booklet that gets produced around the, the sermon series, and that is all Christine's work. Uh, and she does so much more around our, around our church, and she's been involved in our church for a really long time, uh, but she's still really, really young. And so it's, it's a unique gift, but I'm really, really excited, Christine, about what God's going to say through you this morning. Um, I'm really excited to be able to sit on the front row and just take in from, from the experience and the knowledge and your, and your love for Jesus and for people. So I'm going to hand over to you, but thank you. Thanks, Dave. It's a It's a great privilege and blessing to be here with you. I was thinking this morning, it's kind of like going to a family reunion and meeting a part of the family that you always know existed, but you've never actually met face to face. And it kind of feels like that a little bit here this morning. Um, So thank you so much for welcoming me to um, Logan campus. Um, Today we're going to be concluding actually the series that we've been looking at through January called New. Um, because God likes to make things new. God is in the business of making all things new. And as we begin this new year and this new decade, we've been looking at a few things that God likes to make new. And today, we're going to look at God's Word at a little story that Jesus told that I love. And it's about a new foundation, how God wants to build in our lives a new foundation. So if you've got your Bible with you or on your digital device this morning, um, the story is told in Matthew chapter 7 and we're going to start reading from verse 24. Um, And just before we read God's word, let's just quickly pray together. Loving Heavenly Father, we thank you that you make all things new and at the beginning of this new year, God, we can look to you and we can learn from you the things that you are wanting to do in our lives in this year. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for its truth. Thank you for your Holy Spirit that speaks to us through your word. And I pray today that our hearts would be soft and our ears would be open to hear what your spirit wants to say to us and encourage us with today. Bless this time that we have together in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Matthew chapter seven, reading from verse 24. Therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. 
The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down and the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell with a great crash. When I was in Sunday school, we used to sing a little song. The wise man built his house upon the rock. And we all loved the story of the house built on sand because we used to carry on when the house came down with a big crash and make all this noise and carry on. But I don't think that was the point of the story. This little story that Jesus told, in the context of where it fits, this little story is right at the end, it's his concluding point in the Sermon on the Mount. So Jesus tells this quite epic monumental sermon. It's gonna be a lot longer than the sermon I'm going to tell you this morning, I promise, with all of the different teaching of what it means to live in the new kingdom, the kingdom of God. And right at the end, he tells his story. Let's have a look at some of the things that Jesus said in the Sermon of the Mount. He said, you are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Incredible statement of our identity as Christ followers. Jesus set new standards for the teaching of the law that had already been given to his people. The old law said, don't murder. But Jesus in the Sermon of the Mount said, don't be annoyed with each other, don't get angry with each other, don't call people names. Higher standard, a lot higher standard. In the law, it said, only have sex with people that you're married to. Jesus said in the Sermon of the Mount, don't even look at people lustfully and think about sleeping with them. A lot higher standard that Jesus set. In the law, it says an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, justice. But Jesus said in the Sermon of the Mount, he said, love your enemy, bless people who persecute you, pray for the people who hate you a much higher standard. Jesus goes on to say, give generously of your money, but do it in secret so it's only God who sees. Jesus teaches us how to pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Jesus teaches us how to fast, an important spiritual discipline for us to know about. Jesus teaches us in the Sermon of the Mount not to be caught up in materialism and chasing after worldly possessions, but to seek our treasure only in heaven. Jesus teaches us, don't worry. Don't worry about what you're gonna wear and what you're gonna eat. He knew that we were gonna have a trouble with worry. I'm a worrier by nature. So all of these things Jesus teaches through. And you can read in Matthew chapter five and six and seven, all of the things that Jesus teaches. It's an incredible sermon. And right at the end, he tells this little story about two builders. Therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine, all of those words, and puts them into practice, is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Let me ask you this morning, does your life need a new foundation? 
What's the foundation that your life is built upon? Because we need to make sure that we're building our house in the right spot. We need to make sure that we're not building our life on a sandy foundation, but building a new foundation that is firmly on the rock. There's lots of places that we can find sandy spots to build our life. Sometimes we can be tempted to build our life on the foundation of hard work and high achievement. We work hard, we study hard at uni, we get a good job and we're always pushing for that next promotion or the next business success. It can be all consuming, but building your life on high achievement and business success is a sandy foundation. We can build our life on the sandy foundation of relationships with each other. We all know that the way to get ahead in life is not about what you know, but who you know. Relationships are important. But if we build our life on our foundation of relationships, it's a sandy foundation. We can get caught up in caring a lot about our appearance and the way that we look. I actually saw an advertisement in Garden City one day that said, if you have this laser skin treatment, you will get a better job. Can you believe that? And I know that it's just an advertisement. Surely no one actually takes that seriously, but this is the garbage that we're fed constantly. Get this skincare treatment and this makeup, buy these beautiful clothes all of the um, dieting and everything, and that's the way to build a successful life. It's a sandy foundation, friends. Or you might chase wealth and possessions and think the more money you earn, if if you own your own home, if you have lots of things, a really nice, reliable car, a really healthy superannuation account, that that is a good foundation for your life. This is a sandy foundation. Now, all of the things that I just talked about, having, working really hard at your job, having lots of really good relationships with each other, looking after your body and wearing clothes that make you feel confident, having um, you know, good money, money management and a healthy savings account, all of those things are actually wise and good things for to have, include in our life. But they're not the foundation that we build our life on. They're part of the house, not the foundation of the house. Because we need a strong foundation because the storm is coming. And I know that you know about this storm because you've probably lived through one or two before if you're not living in one right now. Sometimes you can see these storms coming from a distance and you can brace yourself before it hits. Sometimes they happen instantly and it just hits you. It can be a simple phone call, mum's gone, you're fired, It's cancer. It can be 
a GFC and overnight your house is worth half as much as what it was yesterday. We've all been there. We know that the storm is coming. But Jesus knew about storms. I love this verse that um, he says in John chapter 16. I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. I love that exclamation point, take heart, exclamation. Take heart, there is hope, there is hope. It's okay to live through a storm when you've got a storm-proof foundation a new foundation that is strong and resilient will withstand the storm. Let's look at how to build a strong foundation, a storm-proof foundation. How do we do it? Well, Jesus spells it out really clearly and simply in the story that we read. If you hear these words of mine and do what they say, you'll be like a wise man who builds their house on the rock. So let's look at how to build a storm-proof, strong new foundation for this new year for our lives. Simple two-step process here. Step one, read the Bible. Hear these words of mine. Read the Bible. These words are God's words can be tricky, confusing, difficult. It's written in another language, in another time, in another culture. But let me encourage you, read the Bible, read the whole Bible, read it like a story. It's an incredible story. It starts at creation, at the beginning of time where God spoke and all that we know came into being. It speaks of God's, the power of His Word and the creativity of His nature. Then Adam and Eve come and they reject what God said. Sin came into the world and it was broken. And then Adam and Eve started having kids and the family drama begins. Let me tell you what these people get up to in Genesis is incredible. Like if you're into married at first sight, you should check out Genesis and see what these families get up to. It is serious drama. And then God calls Abraham to be the father of a nation for his own people. And um, the family drama continues. God puts into place though a plan where the brokenness of our relationship with Him can be put back together. Eventually, Abraham um, is the father of the nation of Israel and they find themselves in slavery in Egypt and there's an incredible story of how that happened. But then the miracles of Exodus, of God's power in His redemptive plan to save Israel from slavery is an incredible story to read. Once they're saved, they eventually go into the promised land that God promised them, and then they appoint kings. And if, in, if you're into violent movies or video games and wars and blood and guts and stuff like that, well then you should read about these kings and the heroes and the villains and the intrigue. It's quite 
like it makes gladiator look like a walk in the park. And then next to the kings were the prophets. Now the prophets spoke God's words of judgment and warning and love and hope. And if you wanna know about the heart of God for his people, then you should read the prophets. And then there's the poets and they sing songs of love and joy and anger and grief and lament and they pour out of incredibly raw emotions through the, um, through the poets is really incredible. And then Jesus showed up and he taught things like the Sermon on the Mount that completely turn the whole world upside down. The last will be first and the first will be last. And he welcomed the marginalised and he fed the hungry and healed the sick and raised the dead. And then Jesus died himself, was buried and rose again and made a way through our acceptance of his forgiveness for us to be back in relationship with God once again. Then Jesus ascended back to heaven and the early church was begun. Now, these guys hadn't done church before and they messed it up terribly. The first churches were a total disaster, but that's probably good for us because the church fathers wrote letters to each other and to these churches, giving them instructions on how to live as God's people and how to fulfil the mission that Jesus gave us. And we have a lot of the same, make a lot of the same mistakes and have a lot of similar problems. So it's great for us because we get to learn by reading these letters of what God's instructions for us are. And then it finishes with this incredible picture that God gave to John about the end of time where Jesus comes again and reigns in victory and we can worship God around the throne and there's no more sick or death or dying or darkness and it's gonna be amazing and I'm gonna get to be there the end. It's an incredible story. This is an incredible story. Don't be scared of the Bible. I think sometimes it's so easy for us to read what other people say about the Bible. You know, we read those little devotionals or we get the, the books from Kurong to help us to understand the Bible and they're all really good. But I think sometimes some of those things can be a little bit like junk food where it's tasty and sweet, but not necessarily really nutritious. And getting into God's word by itself, it can be a bit more chewy, but it's like the meat and vegetables where all of the nutrition is. Number one, read the Bible. Let's get super practical. There's a Bible reading plan up the back. You can grab it. Um, on the website, gatewaybaptist.com.au, you go to the next steps page and then the growing deeper um, tab and there's, you can download the Bible reading plan. It's just one chapter each day. It's, it's not arduous. Um, you can do it on the online version or you can grab a paper copy um, if you want to, want to use that. But there's Heaps of different Bible reading plans available. If you wanna read more than one chapter a day, you can go on the Bible app, the Version Bible app. There's a thing called the Shred. You can read the entire Bible in 30 days. It's the coolest thing. I tried it once, but I, didn't, I couldn't get it. It takes between two and three hours of reading each day. One day I'm gonna do it, because I reckon it sounds really cool. But there's heaps of different Bible reading plans. Get a Bible reading plan and enjoy reading the Bible. 
Use the app on your phone. Listen to an audio version of the Bible. I love listening to the Old Testament in my car. I love how they say all of the interesting words and places. It's really cool. Memorise the Bible. Find a verse that resonates with your heart. Write it on post-it notes and stick it on your mirror or your kettle or your fridge. Discuss it. Write it in your planner, on your whiteboard. Put a Bible verse on the screen saver on your phone. I've got this image of um, the vine and the branches as the desktop um, on my computer. And it's just a constant reminder of me to remain in him um, and without him I can do nothing. Step one, read the Bible. Don't, Don't overthink it, just get into it. Step two, do what it says. Do what it says. This is probably the harder bit, I guess. But it's amazing when you read God's word, how he just brings pieces of it alive for us. And then through the power of his spirit, we can digest it and we can apply it and we can obey it. We can do what it says. I think oftentimes we put doing what God says, living God's way, down to obedience and self-discipline. Obedience and self-discipline. It's as simple as that. Don't think about it, just do it. But I actually think that often the thing that makes it difficult for us to obey is we don't actually trust what God says. Sometimes I think obedience is actually a trust issue. We don't stop worrying because we don't actually trust God to care for the people that we're worrying about. It's pretty, it feels irresponsible not to worry sometimes. When there's stuff going on with your kids, when there's things going on with the family, you're lying in bed and it feels like if you don't worry, then you don't care. But that's not what Jesus says. Jesus said, don't worry because you can trust me. And I'm learning to worry less as I learn to trust God more. You know, I think the same thing happens with generosity. God asks us to be generous, but we find it hard to obey because we don't trust that God will provide for us if we give money away. And we learn by obedience to trust God because we experience his provision coming through for us. Let me encourage you, if you're struggling with obedience, search your heart and see how much you're trusting God and pray for faith. Pray for faith to trust Him. I heard this really cool story um, last weekend, actually, um, of a young lady um, who was looking for a new place to live. So she's just, she must be a smart cookie. I hadn't met her before, but she's just finished her medical degree and she's got a placement at the Gold Coast Hospital for her to do her internship. So she went up there to find an apartment um, to live. And it should be a reasonably simple exercise, but no. It was a heartbreaking faith journey for this poor young girl. She looked at place after place after place after place. She put in application after application after application after application, only to be rejected. 
and rejected and rejected and rejected. And this young girl was just crying out to God, you know, this place is perfect for me, God. Why can't you come through for me now? But her testimony as I spoke to her last week is that as the time for her to find something came to a close, God provided for her an apartment that was so much better than anything else that she had looked at, but it wasn't available at the time that she was looking two months before. It it was a brand new build that became available in the block of the hospital. And of course, it was it was approved and she's moving into her brand new apartment. Now this young lady, Susie is her name, Susie learnt something about trust. And I think next time she's trying to make a decision or make a plan, next time she gets disappointed by the circumstances of her life, she will remember the faithfulness of God in the past and that will make an impact on the way she tackles the next problem that she faces. Let me encourage you, obey God, trust Him, and just see what He, what, see what he does. A really simple way to put this into practice, um, and you can see it explained um, in the pre, preamble to the Bible reading plan, It's just a really simple acronym that you can use to take God's Word and to apply it to your life. It's a simple acronym, SOAP, S-O-A-P. And it's just a a really simple process. S stands for Scripture. So as you're reading, ask God to draw out a word or a phrase or a verse that is relevant to you and speaks to you and write it out, write out a Scripture. O is for observation. So just sit with God and think about what is it that's going on in this passage? Why is this verse in the Bible? What is God trying to say? What is God doing? What does this verse say about the character of God? And write out what you observe. A is for application. How are you going to apply this to your life? What are you gonna do differently because of what you've just learned in God's word? And then P, is for prayer. Write out your prayer, your heart cry to God. You can be honest in that space of perhaps frustration and pain or perhaps joy, forgiveness, whatever it is that is going on in your heart. Um, I have never ever, and that's a big statement, right? It sounds like a total general Yeah, that generalisation. I have never ever invested 20, 30 minutes into going through the SOAP process and walked away with nothing, never ever. When I take the time to read God's Word, to write down what it says, how I can apply it, to pour out my heart to God in prayer, when I do the process, I never walk away with nothing. And it's life transforming. It is life transforming. It is foundation building. It is foundation building. This is how we can build a new, strong, storm-proof, resilient foundation for our lives. By reading the Bible 
and doing what it says. Let's pray. Loving Father, thank You so much for the truth of Your Word. Thank You that even though we are in a world where storms are all around us, both um, physical and um, spiritual, both real and figurative, God, even though we all know the pain of living through a storm or in a storm, God, I thank You that the truth of who You are is so much stronger. And when we have the faith to plant our lives on that rock that is You and Your Word, God, that our lives will not crumble. We will stand strong. We will not collapse and fall when we build our life on the strong foundation that is in You. And God, I just pray for us today God, if, if there's sand in our foundation, God, if we're relying on things for the strength of our life that are going to let us down, I pray that You would give us the courage and the faith to sweep out the sand and build in the rock, to build the new strength that only comes by the truth of Your Word and obedience. God bless us today. Thank you for this incredible encouragement from your Word. We love you. See, storms aren't meant to be lived alone. They're meant to be just endured by yourself. But storms meant to be lived and walked through and journeyed journey through with other people. And that's why God has brought you here this morning. Because we want a journey and we want to walk through these storms with You. Each of our storms are different. Some are life-threatening, some are day-threatening. And yet this morning, I just sensed that God wanted to minister to some people, wanted to speak to some hope into the storms that you might be facing. We've got a prayer team and we're going to come down now. And, and as a team, as a church, we want, to, we want you to know that no matter the storm that you face, there is people and there is a church that are with you, that want to stand with you through these storms, that want to journey with you so that you don't feel like that you have to do the storm alone. So this morning as a team keeps singing, as a church as we keep singing, declare these words. If you're going through the storm this morning, can I encourage you? Allow others to help you carry the burden. Allow others to, to walk with you through these storms of life. But the other question I want to pose to you this morning is, is what is your life built on? You know, we Christine talked at the start about the, the parable and, and the story about the, the sand and the building a house in the sand and building, the, the ha- building a house on the, on the foundation, the rock. This morning, I want to ask you a question this morning. What are you building your life on? Is it your achievements? Is it your performance? Is it your past mistakes, your past regrets? This morning, you can build your life on a firm foundation that is found in Jesus. See, Jesus came to set you free. Jesus came to give you freedom. 
Jesus came to give you hope for your future. So this morning, we would love to begin, hope you to begin that journey. And we're down the front, and the, the prayer team are going to be down the front. We would love to help you to begin to build your life on a firm foundation in Jesus Christ. So this morning, when we're down the front, I'd love to pray with you. We've got a gift for you this morning. What's the storms you're facing? We want to stand with you because you're not meant to do it alone. So church, why don't we declare, why don't we sing loudly the the truth of this song? And why don't you come forward for prayer this morning? Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Logan campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation, and our world.